morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Wherever you are, positively different radio in the morning, you're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson, how was your day yesterday? After radio. My day was alright. It was alright. It was pretty decent. Okay, pretty decent. I just had to do some online training and whatnot. Kind of an average day. Pretty average day, but Uh I'm looking forward to today. Okay. Which is going to be an epic day. Of course it's going to be an epic day. Today is called in the Bible, The Preparation. Yes. But you know what else we're doing today? Other than preparing. It wasn't called Friday in the Bible. It wasn't called Sixth Day. It was called Preparation. Preparation. Well, I usually spend my preparation nights. Well, well, then you go into the Sabbath. But I usually spend, you know, my Friday nights um, at care group and whatnot. But today for lunch, um, my... Church, which is also a uni club, we're going to the New Space Campus, which is like the uni camp, the Newcastle Uni Campus in the middle of the city in Newcastle, and we're having a barbecue and cooking like hot dogs, s- s- vegetarian hot dogs for people, for people, for, for everyone, basically, for everyone, yeah. So you're just gonna stand out there and make vegetarian hot dogs and say, "Hey, try a vegetarian hot yep. dog." Yep. And, and, and see how people like uh-huh. having a vegetarian barbecue. Uh huh. I wonder whether there's, I wonder whether there's a lot of people out there who really love having barbecues and have never figured out that doing a vegetarian barbecue is actually really easy. Oh yeah, it's amazing. You know, the thing that makes a barbecue, like that makes all the meat taste good and da da da, is, is like onion and sauce. Yes. Oh, and onion. Like, Imagine what the world would be without onions. It would be terrible. Onions are one of my favourite things. Onions and garlic is just like, how would the world, how would you survive without onions and garlic? So you can have just as an effective barbecue. You just need onions and garlic and sauce, and then you can literally put anything on that barbecue after you've cooked those things on there. I was at a barbecue recently. It was an all-meat barbecue, and oh. there was a few of us there who were vegetarians. I had my own food, so I didn't worry about it, but the other guys just had... Onion hot uh, onion in their roll and that was it. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, Lyle, let's have a look at some good news. All right. And this Bring good news, I, I actually, I've got two stories that are kind of controversial. Like, I, I've just really enjoyed, you know, as I've been doing the good news, just talking about things that Lyle disagrees with me on. Oh, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Let's so, do it. So, what, I'm, what this first story is basically yes. the premise is, is that feral invasive animals can actually be good for the environment. Lawson, you're a heretic. <laughs> you need to be taken out and tarred and feathered. <laughs> okay. But okay, our first story here. Research on feral horses and wild donkeys in the American Southwest show that they dig desert wells with their hooves in soft sand and riverbeds, thus creating a network of extra fresh water sources for creatures that are native to the area. The creatures that are native to the area have been native to that area for a very, very long time. They know how to survive when times are tough. Well, Lyle, yes. check this out. This is what this is what they were thinking. These people, they're like, you know, for the for the most part, they like people consider, f- particularly, you know, feral horses and donkeys, they're as terrible, terrible things to the environment here in Australia. Ex- yeah, yeah. I mean, they just destroy our our springs and our water sources. They turn them to mud. The destruction that is created by these feral creatures in Australia is just horrific. Yeah, but check that. Yeah, and, and according to conservation doctrine, like yes. these are an invasive pest yes. that need to be removed. Yes. But, but, removed while. Is, removed is a polite word for saying shot. 
Yeah, yeah, essentially removed. Or you know, they could be you know uh, misplaced or whatever. Like they could be moved. Yeah, that's right. You know, they're horses and donkeys. They might find some yeah. home somewhere. Yeah, they might like. I don't know. Become... I don't know. That's realistic to find that many homes, but hey. Yeah. Oh well, I think that they. I read here that there's like ninety thousand in this area. So that's ooh, that's, that's a big chunk. That's a big chunk. But um, sometimes these issues are a little bit more complex than that. According to Eric Lundgren, who's from the the University of uh, Denmark, who has been doing research on this, he's shown that the desert's fauna, uh, fauna's eagerness to drink from these equine wells should be considered before making any decisions about the species' future. In fact, they've found that over 65 species use these waterholes for themselves in adverse conditions where they would usually die off. These are native species. Okay, so the solution then is not to have feral invasive species to do it. Have the parks and wildlife go out there and dig a few holes. Yeah, but are there ninety thousand parks and wildlife members who are going to like dig holes every? No, but they're not. The horses are not digging ninety thousand holes. They're probably digging maybe I don't know nine hundred holes. Yeah, but okay. Well, pure ignorance. Okay, well then we'll we'll send we'll we'll send three park rangers to go out and dig nine hundred holes, Lyle. There you go. No, oh, that, is not, the solution, Lyle, stop, stop. that <laughs> is not the solution. Lyle, stop. That is not the solution. Lyle, essentially, this is a, this is, they're saying like, oh man, this should be considered because it's a good thing. It's a good, it's a, th- what these horses are doing are a good thing. You know, I've met people who are part of an, were part of an organization that has now been made illegal mm-hmm. called Fox Rescue. Oh. Uh-huh. Yes. I met a member of Fox Rescue once. And they were saying things very, very similar to this. Mm. That oh, they're just they're good creatures and they're good for the environment and they're good for. And I'm thinking there is nothing good that a fox is doing anywhere in the environment. This is just a killing machine that just goes out and kills indiscriminately and will kill far more food than it can ever eat. And whose numbers are exploding right now because they are breeding uncontrolled because of the mouse plague. And we are facing a an absolute fox disaster in New South Wales in the next coming years because of the number of foxes that will be out there just destroying stuff. You know, you can build an argument and say, well, they're cute or, well, they're, you know, their lives are valuable for, you know, this reason or that reason or, you know, we, we need to have foxes because of the mouth plague. Mm-hmm. And you can build an argument, but it doesn't mean that the argument is valid. And often I find that these arguments come from a, from a place of emotion. And I get that with horses. I don't get that with foxes, but I get that with horses. Because personally, I don't think I could ever shoot a horse. It's mm. just me. I don't think I could do that. Uh-huh. that. That would be just very, very hard thing to do. But my reason says, my logic tells me that when you have a feral invasive species, they need to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. We we have been entrusted with this earth as managers of this earth, as stewards of this earth, and when we mess it up, it's our responsibility to fix it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. But, Lyle, the research shows <laughs> that... <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, this is research with a rubber nose. Oh, okay. An all right, emotionally all right. charged rubber nose. Well, let me share just one Point more. Point any direction you want. Let me share one more story okay. with you here all this right. morning because right. I feel okay. like this This will just take another step. Okay, so um, uh, a couple of private you know, engineering firms, one based near MIT in the United States, the other based in London, has seen that possibly the solution to our you know, fossil fuel crisis and all these different things are portable and personal nuclear reactors. Yes, I like this. I absolutely. Now you have me on side. 
<laughs> so they've been coming up with like you know uh different designs creating different things and and testing and currently in the process of making prototypes of portable nuclear fusion reactors which you know i could go on about how they work i don't necessarily have the time but if you make them small enough they're not going to be prone to disasters like earthquakes and so forth yeah but might be prone to somebody driving a car off the road and smashing one yeah then uh, like causing nuclear fallout for a whole Town, but like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess it remains to be seen uh, where where this will go. And I think this is potentially very dangerous. But Lyle's on side, so <laughs> for Australia, you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, so positively and United States in the same sentence, right there. Yeah, that's and it's about religious liberty. Oh, okay. How long has it been since we've seen those three things in the same <laughs> sentence together? Okay, but the uh, United States Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, has just released the State Department's Annual Report on International Religious Freedom. This is a 2,300-page oh, wow. document that the United States does once a year. And the reason they do this report is because they have recognized that religious freedom around the world is good for the world, and when the world is in a good place, that is good for the United States. So they like to mm. keep a, an eye on religious freedom around the world. This is very encouraging because by, since Biden came to power, he's been pretty much silent on uh, issues of Christian persecution, particularly in places like Nigeria and Pakistan. He has spoken up on the Uyghur persecution uh, of Muslims in China, but that's all. Mm. So he's addressed he's addressed uh, Islamic persecution, but he hasn't addressed any other kind of religious persecution that has been happening around the world. Now, this is an annual report. It's been coming out annually since 1998, and it has made a strong stand on religious freedom, which has a lot of people hopeful. Uh, people up until this particular point had been a bit worried about the Biden administration. They uh, Biden had been seen to be quite weak on the issue of religious liberty, uh, mm. Mike Pompeo and ICC had been, you know, pointing out there had been a lot of stone cold silence on the issue of uh, religious liberty. Uh, the only thing that has sort of been, I, I guess, has been seen is that Biden has continued the uh, the, the Trump sanctions on China, mm. hasn't removed those uh, because of you know the religious liberty abuses over there. And on a side note, um, he also restarted building the border wall yesterday, which is kind of hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, the report is or is critical. Or some of the some of the highlights in the report, of course, are Burma, Russia, China. Saudi Arabia and Nigeria, mm-hmm. um, and these are countries in which people of faith, you know, are being slaughtered because of their faith. The the report also states that religious freedom is co-equal with all other rights. That's a mm. good statement. That's a strong statement right there. So that's a really good thing to hear. And historically, the Democrats have had a good position on religious liberty. Back in 1993, you had uh, the Religious Liberty Restoration uh, Act that Bill Clinton brought through because the Supreme Court had struck down religious liberty mm. um, through its interpretation of the Constitution. And so he brought it back through an act of Congress. Uh, recently, they've had less of a... Um, strong stand on religious liberty because of gender and sexuality ideologies that have been a driving force uh, within the uh, within that party. But anyway, uh, the big question that comes through my mind is this, though. Okay, so why don't we do something more about China? Yeah. Uh, 
we've got sanctions on China, but you know, why not boycott the Beijing Winter Olympics? Ooh. Now, now think about that. Think about that for a moment. We used to boycott sports in South Africa because of apartheid. Yeah, wow. And what China is doing is infinitely, infinitely worse than what South yeah, Africa wow. was doing. Like just infinitely worse. And so, why are we why are we going there for the Beijing Olympics? Mm. You know, we've got so much more that we could do here to highlight the issue of. Uh, religious freedom. And of course, you know, if you look at the United States, religious freedom is the reason that nation exists. Yeah, well. That's why people went there. Mm-hmm. It was not a wealthy place to go to. It was not producing anything like the level of wealth that, for instance, the Caribbean was mm. producing. And so why did people go there? Not for money. They went there for religious freedom. And, uh, and so that's a really important issue for that country. Moving on from there, uh, from the positive to the negative, uh, <laughs> USA Today, major newspaper in the United States, um, chief editor has uh, called to cancel Promise Keepers. Okay, what are the Promise Keepers? So Promise Keepers is a large organisation in the United States. It's a men's group. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been formed in the United States to promote uh, positive masculinity, in other mm-hmm. words, Christian men, to be to stand up and be Christian men. It's probably the greatest force that there is amongst Christianity in America uh, that is helping men to reject toxic masculinity. Yeah. And I'm talking we, about true to- toxic masculinity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And for men Which to be men thing. and not to be, you know, brutes. It's a, it's a very, very mm. positive thing. Uh, USA Today uh, editor has uh, called for it to be cancelled and banned from using any venues. These these guys do big marches. You know, they have like, you know, a million men will turn up to their programs. Um, uh, uh, what? Why? Okay, so the, uh, the CEO of Promise Keepers, Ken Harrison, has spoken up and said that trans men should not compete in women's sports. Okay. Yeah. So here we go, the same old argument coming round and round Uh and round again. Uh Um, He says one of the things that they're doing to make their agenda happen is to destroy the identity of American people. And if they can get Christians, especially Christian men, to sit down, be silent and be passive, then they can be effective. Mm. And uh, as a result of this, um, USA Today has called for the cancellation of promise keepers, but not just promise keepers, but NFL and AT&T, AT&T being their equivalent of Telstra, mm-hmm. um, and because the annual convention is going to be held this year at the NFL Dallas Cowboys and AT&T Stadium. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, well, if AT&T and the NFL allow that to happen, then they are maintaining hate speech and promoting hateful words. Yeah, wow. Which is pretty strong stuff. Um the, uh, the leader of Promise Keepers went on to say, it's working. Christian men are not standing up for what's right. I mean, you think about how quickly we went from homosexual marriage to men putting on dresses, being called women, and playing on women's basketball teams. Mm. Where are the Christian men? Uh, he, he continues on, it happens to Christian men in America every day. In cubicles, boardrooms, broadcast booths and classrooms all over America, men who express a biblical position are shamed, ostracized, cautioned by human resources, sued and fired. No wonder men are passive. That's the intent of the forces of political correctness. And the challenge that we have here is that political correctness is impinging not just on freedom of speech, but on 
on on on freedom of religion. Freedom of religion and so yeah. you've got these two conflicting ideas that are being promoted in America right now, one by the media, one by the government. And it's good to see the government come out and make a positive stand on this one, but we do need to see more of it happening. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. And joining us on the phone this morning is Luke Ferrugia from Oz Table Talk. Luke, welcome to the show once again. Thanks, Lyle. Good to be here. Luke, we were talking to your mum uh, just recently about a project that you guys have been involved in, and I understand that you're the person who set up the website for that project. Uh, yep. Can you give us just a little bit of information about that before we get started? Yeah, look, absolutely. So uh, my, my parents uh, were, oh, it's a long story, but they got in touch with some fire victims that lost their home or uninsured and uh, basically, there's a big family living in a very small temporary accommodation, and they've been looking for a way to give them a house. And people have been donating funds and building supplies and volunteering their time, and they're planning to go and build them a house in the near future. And so the website is to raise funds for that and also be, connect people with the project, So, which is sendus.com.au. Uh, send so when we spoke to your mum, Lynn Ferrugia, uh, most of the basics were done, but there were still some large areas where they had, you know, very specific needs uh, yep. that, that, you know, you can't build a house without. I mean, the, the, the basic structure is there ready to go, uh, mm. which is why the website is there. So what was that website again? It's sendus.com.au. So, and on there, there's a donation form and there's like a place for people to indicate where they would like to help out, uh, you know, be that with products or, or skills or whatever it may be. And, and I just want to say, you know, out of all of the interviews that I've ever done on Faith FM, uh, probably that story was the most moving story that we have ever covered. We had an interview with your mum, uh, Lynn Ferrugia, mm. who's, who's pulled this all together. And mm. then Lawson had an interview with the Duncan family, which he mm. conducted with them really just moments after they found out that they were going to, you know, move oh, out really? of a shipping <laughs> container into a house. Um, and at, at some point. So just a fantastic story. So sendus.com.au. I'd like to, uh, as we, as we start off today, encourage all of our listeners to head over there and to make a donation. Uh, this is an opportunity to help out, you know, somebody with, we, we often, we make a donation while the fires are burning and then we forget about people afterwards. And these are people who are living very real lives that are continuing to live in incredible privation. And so, uh, yeah, opportunity right there. Uh, Luke, thanks for setting up the website and getting that sorted. Yeah, cool, good. Tell us about Oz Table Talk. What have you guys been up to? Of course, uh, Oz Table Talk is a bunch of young guys that get together and used to have, you know, really great discussions over a meal after church and then sort of decided to, well, hey, let's let's record these discussions and now get together on a monthly basis to record discussions about important subjects. What have you guys been into? Sure. So uh, there's been a few topics of interest over the last month. So one that uh, I found especially interesting, we talked about calling versus career. Should they be the same thing? Like how should we think about that as, uh, you know, as relates to our faith? That was probably the, uh, the main idea. Which is an interesting one. When you're in ministry such as I am, it's mm. kind of one of those things where there's no question. People that are in ministry yeah. are in ministry because it's a calling. Yeah. But what about somebody who is in a trade? Or what about somebody mm-hmm. who is 
running a business or what about somebody who is a lawyer? Is that a calling as well or is that a career? Is that something, you know, it's obviously it's necessary to go out in life and to make money and the Bible very, very strongly supports that concept is that we should all work and uh, and be involved in, in earning our living. Uh, what, did you, what did you guys come up with? What were some of the concepts that you explored there? So there, there are a number of things, and one of the things that, that springs to mind, uh, particularly as related to what you were just saying, is that there's a lot of good examples of uh, you know ministry being a calling, and so people doing that. Uh, but Paul is a great example of someone who he was obviously called to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. That was what he was doing, and that's obviously the main part of his life. That's what's recorded in the Bible. But he he also had a career. He also had an occupation, being a tent maker which enabled him to do that ministry. And so uh, for some people, the ministry may be the career, like yourself, you know, being in ministry. But sometimes God may call us to do a ministry that doesn't necessarily um, pay the pay the bills. And there may be other things that pay the bills. And we shouldn't be too, can, um, I guess, prescriptive over what that may look like because God engineers circumstances in people's lives to achieve all different results. So um, that was one aspect of it. But something also that was very interesting, because the reason that we covered this topic was because we received this as a, as a question from a young man in our uh, in our audience that, that was trying to identify the path to take to his life. And he had anxiety over, uh, it, what if he picked the wrong thing? What if he didn't pick the, the path that God wanted him to be on? And uh, I think one of the keys, key points in this discussion as relates to that part of the idea is that I don't believe that there really is a clear, you must do this. In some cases, sure, I think God leads us into certain careers or certain callings that are specific to what he wants us to do. But in a lot of cases, I think that God gives us, we get spiritual gifts, and it's up to us to be self-aware enough to understand what gifts he's given us and then use that as as a a direction. So, okay, you know, you've got these gifts, then let's try to utilize them in a way that's going to serve others and, and do what God would do on the earth. I don't think we have to pick the right thing. I don't think we're at risk of picking the wrong thing if we get uh, get the first decision wrong because we can change course later if we need to as God reveals, as opportunity presents, I should say. In other words, there's no such thing as the one. Yes. Just like in relationships, I think it's the same in careers. Yes. Hollywood always, you know, likes to portray this this concept that there is the one that is somewhere out there that you are perfectly matched to that is, you know, mm-hmm. th- and it's just not a real thing. It's there, a relationship is uh, is what you make of it, and your calling is what you make of it as well. Your career is, yeah. you know, how you how you make it into a calling. That's mm-hmm. that's a really interesting discussion. I would never have thought of that one as a topic mm-hmm. to uh, to actually bring up and have a discussion about. What else did uh, what else came up in the last month? So there was another one that we did, which was uh, one of the more popular episodes that we've had in recent months, and, and that was uh, unequally yoked. Is it okay to, to date someone who believes differently to you? No. So that was... Uh, no. No. It's just not. It's just not. It's a very simple answer, uh, yes. but there's a lot to talk about around that answer. There is. Uh, you've, got, mm. uh, you've got the issues of, you know, flirt to convert. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, I'm just going to say there's a really simple answer to this one, um, and 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 that is that you know 
we live in a, we live in a society where we have this marvelous invention called the telephone. And if you're in a relationship with somebody who is not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then I would suggest that right now is the time to use that telephone because every moment that goes by before you break up from that relationship, the harder it's going to become. Mm-hmm. And yep. you know, for people like myself who have been around for a while and been in ministry for a while, the amount the amount of pain. Mm-hmm. I know I'm saying too much. You, you, need, no, you need to tell us what. I'm just saying the amount of pain that I've seen. Yeah. It just, just it's just the answer is just no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that you guys came up with the same conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, no, you, you, I'm just going to say my piece. The answer is no. Where did you guys <laughs> go with it? Yeah. Well, look that that is by and far that was the the same the same uh, conclusion that we reached. But there are some aspects to it that I think people miss. And one of the things that, that we spoke about that was like a somewhat of a recurring theme in the discussion is that it's, it's not even enough for both people to be believers. That it, it, go, it goes deeper than that. Yes, like that is, that's your passing grade, right? Like that, that, is, that is step one on the trajectory. But I think it goes even further than that because... Uh, if you were to pick somebody, even even if the two people are believers, if you fun- come at God from fundamentally different perspectives, let's say somebody who is perhaps uh, you know very um, rigid and uh, you know rules and you know that they really focused around that that legalistic view of God, and they're um, with someone who is very focused on on you know freedom in Christ and the grace then you're going to have so much conflict just over simple daily things that you do in your life. So, it, yes, it is essential for both pe- people to be surrendered to Christ, but I think we, we often limit that and we say, okay, well, as long as they believe in, in Jesus, then we're good. Let's, let's go right on ahead. But, you know, we were talking about our perspective, you know, we, we all belong to the same congregation. We were part of a Seventh-day Adventist congregation. And, and we were saying, even if we were to meet somebody who was another Seventh-day Adventist, it's possible to be unequally yoked with someone who is another Seventh-day Adventist if they have fundamental differences in their values and the way that they approach life and God and children and all of those things. So we shouldn't just check the box of, do they believe in God? It, we need to look deeper into their character than that. Yes, and into you know their approach and their philosophy to life. I mean, you know, you talk yeah. about raising children. What is their what is their philosophy in raising children? Are they you know do they believe in spanking as a discipline, something as simple as that, or do they not? You know, that can create a tremendous amount of friction mm-hmm. uh, in a yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the things that I don't know if this is a popular viewpoint or not, but this is something that I've observed anyway, and that is like if you were to. I think it's possible to be better matched with somebody who perhaps even uh, has slightly different theology to you if the other if the other items match up well. As an example, you know, if you were talking to someone who is uh, an extremely conservative, let's say that they're from the Adventist Church, if they're an extremely conservative Adventist, they're and they're looking to go into a relationship with someone who is uh, you know extremely like progressive in their in their perspective and the way they live life and still part of the same church. That's not going to work. They would actually have more in common with a very conservative Baptist than they would with a, a, a very liberal Adventist, if that makes sense. So it, there's just so many there's so many Ooh. axes that we need to align on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a, uh, a controversial position to take right there. 
Uh, and yeah, I think what, what I think what, I, I think what, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think we're gonna have to go to the episode and, and to hear how how you actually deal with that one because that that is a complex one, and mm-hmm. uh, and it really looks at you know how do we look at scripture, how do we approach scripture, those kinds of issues, and, and, right. and sometimes um, yeah, wow. And, and some, something else that's in that episode that I will just throw out uh, is that we also talk a fair bit about what happens after the fact because you know a, a lot of people who may be listening to this you know, they may be well past that time of their life. You know, they, they may have kids or even grandkids and have made a poor decision in the past. You know, and we, we talk about what that looks like and how that, you know, what is the best way to navigate that when, you, when you've already made that decision? How do you think about that? You know, is it, you know, it's obviously not, not appropriate to then just like jettison your family. You know, how, how do you then approach that life stage or that situation? So there's another topic in the same discussion. Yeah, and a, and a great thing is that the Bible addresses these issues. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Okay, what else uh, have you guys been up to? What, have you been ta- what else have you been talking about? So uh, we had another episode which we, we talked about. The, the title of the episode was simply "How Are You?" and uh, the, the where we went with that. We were talking about how conversations are typically very superficial, and you'll know everyone who's listening to this will know when you have a conversation with someone. You can be walking past someone on the street or at the office. You walk past the, the admin desk when you go in, and you say, "You know, hi." And I'll say hi, and one of you will probably say, "How you doing?" The other one will say good or busy or whatever, and then you'll continue walking on. We are very accustomed to a very superficial conversation. And obviously at those moments, it's not, um, yeah, it's not appropriate to like sit down and have an hour long conversation to find out how the person really is. But the danger is if we stay at that, right? Like if we live our whole life in the superficial, then we never get the opportunity to go any deeper than that in our relationships with the people that are around us. And so we were talking about the importance of, um, digging deeper with the people that are important to you, the people that are around you. Actually ask them, how are you? And expect a real response, not just a single word reply. And we're just talking about the importance of that to build these, you know, like faith, faith-based communities, you know, where we're actually having meaningful connections with one another, but also people that are, you know, in our lives for other reasons. But that's how we show care and love for the people that are around us because so few people actually are willing to invest past that superficial, you know, how's the weather kind of conversation. Why do you think that is? Do you think that we are afraid of stumbling on something that might be negative? I think there would be a lot of that. Uh, I think one of the one of the other things would be also that people are uh, people don't want to offend others, and so as long as you never go deep, you know, you can't really push people away because you never get close enough to them in the first place. So I think fearing that vulnerability, if people don't want to open up, then they're certainly not going to ask someone else to open up. And so they they retain their little bubble where they can feel safe. Yeah, and I think that there's also the danger. We've I, I think we've often ex- had that experience where, you know, we've heard of somebody who has, you know, slipped into depression or even in the worst mm. case scenario committed suicide. Uh, mm. This is something that affects everybody in Australia. I don't think anybody's not been affected by it. And yeah. So often it's like I asked them, you know, are you okay so many times? And the answer was always yes. And yeah. are you okay? And, and promoting that is great. Mm. But people who are slipping into pre- depression will always say yes. You yeah, know, it exactly. requires they us. They don't want to engage with that. We don't, no, that's right. And so sometimes when we get that sixth sense that not everything is okay, mm. we need to dig a little bit deeper. Because we can we can save lives by doing that little bit of extra digging and say, no, really, really, mm. how are you? 
and, and have mm-hmm. that have that conversation at a level where we can find out what's really happening in a person's life. These are really great uh, subjects that you guys have been getting into. Um, we've had sort of like the highlights reel here, I guess, on The Breakfast Show to engage with the full-length discussions and to see where these actually go. Uh, where do we go? Give us a reminder. Yeah, sure. You can go to oztabletalk.com.au and all of the links are there. oztabletalk.com.au. That's where you go to see what these guys have been talking about with their podcast. Luke Ferrugia, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks so much, Lyle, and you have a great day. And we're going to be back after this song, followed by the 8 o'clock news. We'll be back with Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.